This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. What's up, all you nerds and brainiacs? It's the only <laughs> friends podcast. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying something new here. Give me a break. Uh, that was good. That was good. Uh, that that's it. That that reaction <laughs> sealed it. That's that's the, that's the intro right, from show, now guys. on. Uh, yeah. I Congratulations. Think you do something different. Don't tell us any. Yeah. Just every time, just come up with something time. different every day. Yeah, much you you're asking for laugh. a lot <laughs> come on man you're creative i mean come on nerds and brainiacs th this one's gonna stick for sure uh you're here with the three of us on the only friends podcast it's myself joe rogan uh <laughs> we have we <laughs> is he joe rogan <laughs> no i'm joe rogan oh. we have a we have a young female alex jones here <laughs> yeah, hell yeah popping up on the mic <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Saying all kinds uh, of shit. I know, oh, I man. know. I'm getting roasted. And then we have uh, LaManna. Hey, what's up? <laughs> just just LaManna. Yeah. What He's... would LaManna be? Like, um... I don't know, but they're coming for his head on this monkeypox shit. They're not happy. What did you say about monkeypox? Your head's on a stick. His oh, head's what? never what on I a do? stick. No. Well, He's like beloved uh, barbecue man. Well, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I don't think people understand about a daily podcast like this. Uh, we are going to just express opinions. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm just talking out my ass for an hour yeah, and a half same. every day. I mean, we're so shooting the shit here that. for all of you to we're watch. We're not researching the things that we're saying. No. Well, some. Some, some, it's some, like, some yeah. if we've previously, I, but if I it's just coming out of nowhere. I think a lot gets misconstrued, like, or either that or the expectations haven't been set very appropriately, yeah. but like, like, if you go back and rewatch the monkeypox conversation from yesterday, for example, uh, I saw a couple comments that were like, you know, really calling us ignorant and whatnot. It's uh -huh. just, I, I don't think at any point any of us were like, this is what's happening. This I, is what we it were is. Like, I, don't know. I literally, we literally said were saying, like I don't 10 know. times, like, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, have you ever worked a job and spoken at the water cooler about stuff? You speculate. Yeah, this like, is a water cooler podcast. Yeah, exactly. Which is why we talk sports. Mm -hmm. So in the world of sports I today, understand, you know, I understand. <laughs> now she now she gets it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I I think it's uh, too high of a bar to attempt for us to day in and day out go in depth into conversations about things that are non poker related and expect us to be experts on it. And I don't think any of us are trying to project that in any way, shape, or form. We are, no. which is why we'll just you know miss the mark a lot. Yeah, so don't take anything we say as as complete fact. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know already, when someone says something and you want to know if it's true, maybe just like do Google your own it. research. Yeah, just Google it. Do your own research. This is this, this is, is not financial advice. No, we're, we're just gonna change this not to the do your own research advice, pod. Not life advice. What I can say with certainty is that young Landon Tice made a final table in Florida. Congratulations, yes, Landon. All right, Landon, you've done it. You've done it. He got himself on the live stream, televised event. It's Wearing running his right now. Classic How's he doing? yellow cutoff. Well, he showed. He dressed to think, impress. I think that we should do. Maybe I'll have this on my channel, uh, like a cutoff tutorial with Landon. And he doesn't know. 
He cuts his own shirts. I showed him. I I, I was the one who demonstrated oh, okay. him so the cutoffs. Would you like to do no, <laughs> no, because he doesn't even do it right. He's just like. He's a barbarian. He just finds a shirt. He's like, sleeves must go. <laughs> and just like tears them apart. He used to be like allergic to sleeveless. Uh, yeah. Well, understandably so. I, to some degree, I guess. But like, um, it's weird because when I was his age and younger, like I would say 16 to, I don't know, maybe present day, but for sure, like 16 to 25-ish, uh, I didn't own a gym shirt that had sleeves. Not a single one. What's a, what's the um, like thoughts behind that? Yeah, what is it? I don't know. Honestly, Show your it was guns just off, you know, sun's yeah, out, you, guns like, you're out. Feeling good? Or, no, yeah. I think. Is it the sweat? Somewhat. It's a little. I feel like that. It's a little restricting. Um, but also, I just think. Uh, I, I I won't pretend to think that I am in line with twenty-two-year-old. Uh, pop culture fashion right now i don't know what it is but i know that like when i was that age yeah everybody just wore cuts yeah i don't think it's really like trendy right now michelle hates that sh those shirts mm. she's like she's like why does you i think you had like you wore one of those just like it looks like a gym shirt essentially like to uh, like an event at the world series this summer and she's like he wore that shirt to go play in <laughs> It's just like, what the fuck? like, like yeah, some sort of prestigious fucking event that I'm <laughs> supposed to dress to the it. nines for. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, she just hates those shirts, those cutoff shirts so yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm uh. not a huge fan of the cutoff thing. But yeah, I don't think it's. I'm trying to think what is trendy for 22 year old males right now. I think it's just like painting their nails. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the polar opposite of like what athletes were doing. Yeah, when I, that, whatever it, the polar opposite of, of 90s athletes is what's trendy now for. Sure. I think, I think for us, we got a lot of free shit as athletes. Like We got a lot of free t-shirts. They were always oversized and they were always trash material. So you cut the sleeves off. But uh, there was a right and wrong way to do it. So you definitely never just like go to the arm seam and cut it off at the seams and call it a day. Like the the you have to cut it all the way yeah. down. Don't right. Dolak knows. Right. So, yes. Dolak definitely does that's exactly. That's so far down. That's what I think. That's what she Michelle hates about it. She's like, why do they have to like because just go all the way down? Yeah, and it's just of right. Yeah. No, you exactly. Don't, you it's don't like, see the nipple. Yeah. yeah. But you, you do cut it like see nipple. You do cut it like the nipple line. Like you see the nipple and it swings around yeah. and you see the nipple yeah. If it, yeah, it's loose fitting. Like you know, if you turn <laughs> the wrong way, there's, there's always people going down. Like Berkey nip slip incoming. Yep. Berkey nip slip. It almost came out. They're like sweating your nipple. It doesn't though. It doesn't. It stays. It stays right where it belongs. Um fashion tape to keep it yeah <laughs> you got me no i think it's like it was always a summer thing um you know you're outside especially like where we were from where it's not like there was a beach or a lot of pools where you were just gonna be shirtless a lot right you know we were construction workers and grass mowers so you wore a shirt that was as little of a shirt as possible yeah I don't uh, think I've ever cut the sleeves off yeah, well, one of you, my shirts in my entire life. You're a preppy. I was a preppy, yeah. You, yeah. Did you have salmon shorts? Salmon? No. Um, I, have, I have a pair of salmon shorts. You know, I haven't. You know what? Khakis, button down. They were they were good in theory. I bought them. They look great if I decide to like you know go salmon shorts, black polo, but I'll just never wear that outfit. 
Yeah. They're the, tough to pull off. They're, the, honestly, they're not in the sense that like they match a lot. Yeah. Or, like they match a lot of dark uh, right, tops. Right, but they're just a, like so closely tied with douche. Yeah. That it's hard to... They're very Miami. I also have a they're pair of... They're very Miami slash Connecticut. Yeah. Well, way two totally different styles there. Like yeah. Miami, you're rocking like uh, like uh, a tropical patterned right. button down where like Connecticut, you have... Ralph Lauren. Polo. Yeah, you have like a Ralph Lauren polo with a wow. sweater tied yeah, around huh? your neck. There yeah. it is. There's, there's Berkey's yeah. look right there. Yeah, no, mine are much more salmon. It's more like the guy with the blue. Yeah, that that's pretty close. Uh, I actually might, I, I legit might own that exact outfit, but I'm not skinny enough. See, the thing is, like, that guy is starving Marvin skinny. I have those pants. Starving Marvin, hey, he's got a little calf definition. I have, I have them in pants as well. The pants are a lot easier uh, to pull off. But yeah, like, when you're, you're a broad body type like me, uh, this just oh. isn't a good look. Thank you, Charlie. Ten dollars from Charlie. My man, All right, Charlie? Was it my dog? My dog's name's Charlie. Yeah, Shout out to Charlie. He says, dog. "Happy to be here live. We're happy to have you, yeah, my man." Yeah, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, I, that's the thing that I've I've come to really learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, like I've always paid very close attention to, sh- to fashion trends, and yeah. I think I have a reasonable eye for like what goes well together. Yeah. The problem is, it's very easy to be in the store and recognize that like oh this top would look great with these pants or these shorts and like these shoes and this whole outfit comes together really well but what you don't recognize in the moment is this is for small people like (laughs) this entire outfit is built for people who have very small thighs who have like very tapered skinny upper body to them it's like Oh, I'm disproportionate. I have massive thighs. <laughs> my torso is one and a half times the length of my legs. Right. So you should just dress like The Rock. Uh, to some degree, <laughs> like, all jokes aside, when he, like, classes it up, yeah. uh, his style would fit me a lot better mm-hmm. than, like, a Ralph Lauren model. Yeah, right. well, because they're also, like, the slim cut stuff, and their yep. legs are usually really thin. Yeah, I can't wear, like, skinny ties. Yeah. I can't wear, like, uh, slim fit, stuff like that. Like, big thighs and skinny ties, bad combo. <laughs> Very, very bad combo. Skinny ties. Yeah. If you got big thighs, don't wear those skinny ties. I have to I have to wear, you know, I have to go power knot. Like I have to go like the double Windsor with Mm. the spread collar to make my neck actually look full because I have the skinniest goddamn neck ever. I I will say I think a bigger guy with skinny tie is better than a small guy with big tie. Yeah. Because small guy with big tie is like really (laughs) putting out small dick energy. Yeah, he's really yeah. overcompensating there. Yeah. But, but, I mean, just get the visual in your head of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. With a skinny tie on? With, a, with, with like a bolo. I don't hate it. Come on. I don't hate it. I would much prefer that over a it's, super It's legitimately like putting with... a shoelace around his yeah. neck. <laughs> Remember Merrill Hodge had the biggest neck? Oh, yeah. Merrill Hodge had the that classiest was... double Windsor you've ever seen in your entire life. It was like his whole neck, though. It was like this, the giant, like the triangle was like this. Well, big. he always had to wear a sport coat. So the, the thing with uh, tying a double Windsor is that it takes up a lot of the material of the tie. Right. 
And what ultimately ends up happening that nobody ever sees because you always wear a jacket or a vest, a vest. over it. You have to wear a vest. Yeah, it's super short. Right, it's yeah, like it's, yeah, here. Yeah, right there, right there. And then. <laughs> My God. So it's like one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, the look is fantastic. It's a real power knot. Uh-huh. But the reality of the situation is you have a dysfunctional tie on wow. your hands. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, you're, you're forced to layer up. You're not going to be enjoying yourself. Uh, I, I, always, I always find it comical when you know you ha- see the guy with the big double windsor with it kind of loosened and the collar undone like he's at a wedding ready to have a good time but he still has the vest fully on. yeah that's wow, what i was saying so like you're you're at, a, you're at yeah. a wedding right and you're just looking so good and then you meet this girl and you get you hook up and then you take off the, the <laughs> vest and you get this tiny little what is that <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! It's like no, no, no! Room, leave, the, leave the tie. <laughs> leave the short tie. Uh, leave the tie. Speaking of fashion, look at this nice hoodie that uh, Melissa is nice sporting quality, right now. Actually, isn't that? It's nice. Very nice very, quality. Very soft. You know, if you oh, want one of those, you can go to academy.soulfry.io. That's right. I already get in there. Click on the merch it. tab. Get one for yourself. Get in there, yeah. Lamanna. Plug uh, it. Yeah. Plug it away. Hey, I've already spilled coffee on it. Got to keep these lights on. Of course you did it's white you weren't gonna make it the day yeah no i didn't make it that's okay spill coffee on it yeah, a little bit yeah coffee's tough coffee's tough it, it gets everywhere yeah mm-hmm. you know they put the sippy lid on there for you, for you little <laughs> kids and somehow that no, they're, doesn't they're, even do it they're trying to you know get rid of straws so. i actually now have le- come to prefer it without the straw hmm. same I, these couple these, these little lids are, it, are good yeah they're they're converting me I mean, in Europe, they don't really use straws. No, I don't think. Conrad said he drinks everything with a straw. He like, does. He puts he a does. straw into a a can of Coke. It's, yes, it's he does. honestly, I know that it's something that should I just shouldn't care about at all. But he buys these silicone straws that constantly find themselves like in the disher or in the dishwasher or in the <laughs> sink or whatever, and it's it, it's obnoxious two ways. One, it's this hose it's a fucking hose is what it is (laughs) that he sticks in his cans of of pop and like won't drink the pop without the fucking straw well he he usually leaves half of it that's the second part that is so infuriating is that not only is this straw obnoxiously strewn about but the can of pop is never finished. No, and it was really bad. This summer, the flies are not as bad as they were last summer. Last summer, the flies were so bad, and there, and I really think it's because he was leaving half open cans of. Pepsi he's never on the completed a can of anything, no. and he's never he's never just taken the can and said, "Okay, I'm done with this," and then dumped it out and then threw no. it away. No, oh, no, God, it no. stays on the it's counter just- with the straw in it, half yeah. full. Well, yeah. we run academies here. I'm just going around with the hose. Let, let's be clear. Picking up Conrad's yeah. half empty cans of pop. Shout out to Salem. Hit us with a 499. He said, How many holes does a straw have? Uh, uh, two. One. Well, one. Oh. Technically. Yeah, yeah it has two openings. One. Yeah. Two openings, one Correct. Yep. So, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Uh, never mind. Never no, mind. There's nothing that has two openings, <laughs> one hole. You shouldn't. It shouldn't have that. Well, if you go far enough. If you go far enough, what, up, up to your. You'd have to do a lot of navigating. Yeah. To have yeah it there's like a lot that. of navigating for sure. Yeah. <laughs> your intestines have one hole. Yeah, but your intestines doesn't connect to your. 
Fraud. Well, uh, hey, uh, let's not turn this into an anatomy thing. I mean, you could, if if somebody you know had something going on that made it so that that wall had a little door in it, then maybe <laughs> you would have. So how's Landon doing in the? Landon <laughs> came in uh, seven of or six of seven. Okay. Uh, there was a double elimination early, getting them down to five. Uh, there was a tweet put out by Ignition showing Landon <laughs> opening the Queen Six off under the photo? gun one. Uh, I suspected that the graphics were wrong. Landon did confirm he actually had Queens in the spot, which is unfortunate because we were all screaming for a fold on the flop. But in reality, we wanted him to jam. Uh, if you guys don't want spoilers, mute mute the stream right now i'm giving you five seconds to mute the stream if you don't Everyone want the spoiler of where landon anyway. finished okay landon unfortunately finished in fifth place uh for 22k he is happy i suppose yeah i don't know man making these final He's tables always happy uh like <laughs> I'm just too, I, I'm too privileged or too traumatized or too <laughs> something in between. I wouldn't even fucking play this tournament. Like <laughs> a 2200 turbo with 100k up top would just yeah. like not motivate me at all. Yeah. I don't want to get lucky in that spot. But Landon just, you know, he plays for the glory, man. He truly Actually, does. Yeah. He truly does because he sold for this tournament. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's even for sure like something. There's no way I would play for less than all of myself in this particular spot. He, he couldn't care less what what first is or to be fair landon has the best long-term view i've ever seen of somebody his age yeah uh and i was speaking about this with somebody not that long ago but it's almost to his detriment <laughs> because he has no sense of urgency to get the money yeah, now he right. has a super uh, abundant mindset yeah which is like an uh, people would work so hard to try and get that yeah i agree i think it's like really remarkable uh it hurts him sometimes because like sometimes he'll he'll dilute his own value a yeah. little bit too much but in general it's a really impressive thing for somebody his age because it really does allow him to just think strategically in all of the spots not get emotionally invested right. in outcomes that he can't control uh honestly like i'm jealous in a lot of ways like in so many ways that apply to poker and career and life i have a um scarcity mindset um and always in the worst kind of way like <laughs> somehow whenever i'm flush i i have like a bit more of an abundance mindset but in a way where i like i'm apathetic like i guess landon's probably apathetic to outcomes but i'm apathetic in a way that makes me feel like i'm trying less hard yeah right and that's probably not true i probably try the same but i think the emotional investment uh encourages me more to always scrutinize every single decision so i think that there's like some strategic spots where i can get a little bit lazy if i'm in an abundance mindset yeah where it's just like eh whatever this is zero ev just fucking run it and always be punished because nothing that you deem in real time to be zero ev is ever actually zero right. ev like you're almost <laughs> certainly taking a bath in a spot that like your scarcity mindset knows better. Right. Yeah. Your scarcity mindset knows that Joe doesn't have enough goddamn bluffs ever. Yes. That's, and this is just human nature, right? Yeah, it's probably. Like, yeah, it's it's it well it's weird because like the idea of a scarcity mindset, abundancy mindset usually is uh directly correlated to risk reward. 
and being risk averse versus being a risk taker. Mm -hmm. I've always been very much in the camp of being a risk taker, but I also like adhere to some sort of scarcity mindset. So it's weird because like I'll just funnel all my risk into poker uh, due to the fact that I feel knowledgeable and feel like I'm a little bit more in control and then take all the risk off the table in other aspects of life. Yeah, but that doesn't really seem that true. I mean, you were doing the NFTs and the crypto and... Yeah, but I was trusting people that I thought were very yeah, sharp. right, that's true. I would have never done it on my own. Right. I would have never just like bought an ape. Yeah. And just guessed. Uh, like even just browsing I remember when the FTs were, were like at, at peak uh, I was just even like browsing trying to figure out how the system was working and like trends that I could find uh -huh. and I just didn't trust anything that I observed Yeah. so it was just like why don't I find somebody who's putting in more effort than me and is relatively sharp see what they can do easier to be a financier than it is to be an expert on everything that's true or anything well, that's just like probably smart delegating yeah, I think that that's something that I probably learned the hard way too, uh, where I may have had a little bit more gamble outside of poker in me younger, but it was more so because it was driven by the scarcity mindset, right? Like I so desperately wanted to get over certain hurdles yeah, to a point where I felt secure mm -hmm. that it was just like, well, this thing seems like it's new and shiny and soft uh, and could potentially have a big return. Let's fire. Um, I did that with DFS. <clears throat> and honestly like i think that that was probably reasonable um i basically broke even but uh it became clear after like a year and a half of doing it that it i wasn't there i wasn't sharp enough yeah. right right like <laughs> i i could find edges but they were they were meager yeah well, like when we got into it, I, th I think we thought that we were better than what we were well we had a bigger according to the market got. uh it was probably fine yeah, maybe uh, at the time. Because the market was so soft. Right. But it was, it was very clear that I was just investing in edges that were pretty common. Yeah. Right? It would be like, it would be like trying to play perfectly preflop now. It's like, sure, that's good. You should do that. Mm -hmm. But everybody should do that. Yeah. Right. And it's not a big secret. Right. Yeah. You know? So uh, it's, it's getting the gate a negative edge more so than actually gain you an edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was kind of the way that I was approaching DFS at the time. It was just like, oh, okay, well, like, we see correlations between quarterback and wideout. Like, let's stack and let's do these things. And it's, you know, maybe there was a lot of the field that wasn't doing that. And that's why it was dumb money and there was money to be made. But it became very, very clear after like a year of doing it. It was like, I'm not cut out for this. Because yeah. I couldn't translate into other sports either. Uh, NFL was easy because it was once a week and you had six days to prep and stuff like that. Baseball, I knew better and uh, would just immediately get overwhelmed by how much statistical information and data points were out there. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know how to separate the signal from the noise here. Right. And I'm not going to figure it out. And it's overnight. every day and it's changing. And yeah. 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 Well, the way you separate the signal from the noise is by uh, looking at their face. Sure. Yes. And then right. just sort of reading the. Who vibe. needs a data analyst whenever you have a medium at your hands at well, all it's, times? It's more of a, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say medium they're alive you're a field player yeah yeah, yeah i'm a field player yeah <laughs> really catch a feel yeah <laughs> um what else do we have to talk about oh follow up to yesterday's breaking news announcement uh with the shooting outside of hustler casino there is no follow-up um strangest thing i really expected there to be 
more information uh, slowly leaking out about this. But I guess like maybe the assumption was high for me because this is a big event uh, in my mind. Yeah. But in the grand scope of news, it's just not, I guess. Yeah, it happens. Right. Like if this didn't happen at Hustler Casino, I guess I would just chalk it up to another day in, uh, day in the life of crime. Right. So uh, I think all that we know as of now is that two people were shot uh, and taken to the hospital and there has been no one apprehended. They were, they were saying yesterday that they thought the suspect was uh, at the local um, moose club or whatever was next door, but they did a thorough search and found nothing. Moose club. I feel like the, the casinos, they just have a knack for like sweeping these kind of things under the rug too. Maybe, I mean, maybe, it's, bad maybe it's not, but I, I, it just seems like... These things happen, and it's just like well, we, we thought don't the, want any, any bad press. We coming. thought that the Vegas, uh, the Vegas strip thing was going to be national news for I, sure. I, I couldn't believe that there was no. I mean, there were people were stampeding over each other. Yeah. There was. I mean, nobody, nobody died. Thank. And there was never there any follow-up to that injuries. either. It was just like half the half the strip was in a panic that there was a, a shooter on the loose, and there was mayhem through all the casinos, and. Nobody said anything about it. There was like one little blurb on like the local news. And that's it. You didn't even think like the local news would cover right. a lot. But it um, was just. I have some breaking information. Oh, boy. So a very reputable source said they heard it was an Amish guy. <laughs> what? It was an Amish guy? <laughs> See, this is why. This is why. I was like, I'm not doing it. This is why people take you seriously. <laughs> Just can you imagine? <laughs> uh, He's like going into the well, horse and buggy. Well, let's try to cue, cue Guapo up for, uh, for uh, something. And Guapo's just giving it the uh-uh. Well, because there's a lot of things at play here. So the inside joke is that Conrad <laughs> so looks this- like a rabbi whenever he, <laughs> whenever he like the curls ra- his hair a certain way. <laughs> And Melissa made a Photoshop of Conrad's face on a rabbi, which now has somehow spun into... No, someone actually said they thought it was an Amish guy, and I thought that was funny. But yeah, obviously there's a difference between a rabbi and an Amish person. Uh, Very, very big difference. (laughs) Yes. It's a bit of a difference. Um, In any event, we are not going to queue up, said anti-Semitic. Is it? Or is it a celebration of... I honestly, I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, and since I don't know, I don't yeah, want to. I don't want to put it on caution. air. <laughs> yep. I'll tweet it. It's fine. Um, you guys can check my Twitter later. But yeah, so nobody has been apprehended for the for the hustler. There was a shooting last night also uh, at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Uh, one of the hotel rooms, I guess there was some sort of. I don't know if it was domestic or uh, what the case was, but. Two people were shot, one died, or maybe three people were shot and one died. Um, the suspect, I think, is still... Oh, uh, no, actually, I think I read uh, right before we went on that the suspect was apprehended. Oh, they were? Um, but he was at large for quite some period of time. Uh, basically, the only details that were given were that um, the people involved knew each other. So this wasn't like some coordinated event. It wasn't anything for people to be in a panic with or, or over. Um, you know, this is the part where I think like casinos do a really good job of sweeping this stuff under the rug. Do you know how many people like kill themselves in Las Vegas casinos? No, I don't. But I I mean, I don't have a statistic, but it's so much more common than we think. Really? 
Because uh, they gamble a lot, or I'm not sure. I hear so there's like a lot of stories over the last decade or so that kind of never made national news of people just like committing suicide in casinos, jumping like out of parking garages. Stuff? What's that? Like on vacation? No, usually it's trouble Locals. gamblers. Yeah, um, people jumping off of like parking garage roofs, people jumping out of windows. Uh, there was. One notable one, this must have been five or six years ago, where this guy went to, I think it was like the M Buffet, literally every single day. And something happened where either they, he either got bad service or uh, he was creepy to the service or they stopped. So, uh, there was something Maybe he ran about, out of comp points there, or there was some correlation between the buffet, this man, his behavior, and him leaving a suicide note. Maybe he left the suicide at note the buffet. at the buffet, something like that. But he ultimately ended up like killing himself on property. Wow. Uh, and it was only kind of known amongst, like it was like folklore amongst the gambling community in Vegas, where we had all heard about it because like uh, he was somewhat known in the gambling community yeah. or whatever. Uh, but yeah, like never made the stage of national. And that's, people kill themselves all the time. Like it's not, uh, I guess, national news yeah. when it comes to that stuff. I, in my head, though, because it's Vegas, I would think that it would always be amplified, right? Like it feels oh, like more it's of bad, a story. Bad for tourism. Yes, that's true. Very bad for tourism. Very that's bad true. for. Um, it just seems more interesting at a national level. Yeah, I mean that happens. Like, it's not really national news when it happens at colleges and stuff. That's true. Like the NYU library has like suicide barriers on the library. Yeah. In the library. That is true. I wonder how much coordination there actually is between these businesses and, and news outlets because it, it feels like... I mean, I don't know, but it, you would think it would, would have to be. Yeah, because it, right? like, it feels like telling those stories is uh, at, at a minimum meaningful mm-hmm. to prevention, but maybe not. Maybe the idea is that yeah. like, by telling the stories, it actually amplifies... Well, that's what they say about like shootings. Yeah, but they, I mean, look at, look at, I know, mo- and look mainstream at they, media with shootings. Really, like, yeah, yeah. If ever we were going to put something, a uh, put a dampening to, on something, like it should be that. Yeah. Uh, always, always, it's like some sort of weird glorification of, of like what's taking place. Yeah. I know. And that's like always been a thing that they've said is what leads to copycat killers. Right. Yeah. It's like these, like, I mean, yeah, you know, there. there with, that's not shocking to me. Oh, wow. Apple really? of America. Wow. There you go. I mean, so there's, there's a, uh, some coverage of What percentage of, it there, of that do you think is like problem gamblers? Has to be high. A lot, I mean, it's, right? not, it's, not, it's not a, a coincidence that yeah. it's Las Vegas. Yeah. Like and, the casinos are the lifeblood of this city, yeah. right? So it's yeah, yeah. like any bad press hurts the city, sure. I guess. So I think like that's, a, that's an easy way for you know, the casinos to say, hey, you know, we're keeping the city alive. Right. The more bad press we get, it's bad for the city. And then. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I'm very much of the mind that uh, anything that troubles or plagues society is much better being spoken about in an open forum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I think conversations just lead to more resolve and and better uh, planning moving ahead. But I understand where incentives like just don't ever align. It's just strange to me that I mean, you know, that, that's kind of the other thing is that, like, I don't know enough of the inner workings of, of mainstream media. Um, and it's not that difficult to assume that there's a lot of manipulation taking place there. 
um it's just very weird to me at like how that happens in the back channels yeah right like mm-hmm. obviously we don't know yeah but like we have some idea like adelstein bought i think a local newspaper here yeah, the las vegas journal sun maybe review. or review, journal yeah. review, review yeah. Journal, yeah um so like i guess like that's just how it happens you would just privatize it's mainstream funny. media yeah yeah um and you know having been a big fan of the show newsroom on uh hbo there was a little bit of that worked into the plot line kind of understood like sorkin did a good job of conveying how big of a disconnect there was between the people who were trying to do honest journalism and uh the figureheads that owned the actual press outlet and Mm -hmm. were trying to control the messaging a little bit but i don't know man it's 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 all fascinating to me uh i never in a million years thought that i would be interested in the business of media but as we've kind of taken that lean a little bit in the poker sphere it's so compelling to me to be kind of a storyteller uh to you know i know we started the show with like a preface of hey this is just uh kind of for shits and giggles and and we're just kind of spouting off our own opinion and stuff like that but there is uh there is a high level of interest to being a truth teller and to being somebody who messages uh to the general populace in a way that's objective or as objective as we can possibly be yeah um but i also just see like so many problems (laughs) With trying to be that town crier. It's hard. You know, it's just, uh, the incentives just don't align. The money is, the, the, the hush money seems to be greater than <laughs> yeah. the, the, the money for we doing a good job. We haven't been offered any hush money, though. No, no, but that would no. be great. Yeah, if you guys... <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants, wants us to shut up about yeah, something... Yeah, if you guys want to listen, if you guys want us to shut up, you yeah. better pay us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we're talking about something that you don't like, just send us a super send chat a super and we'll, chat. we'll, we'll shut change up about the it. Change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be really great if we started just charging for subject changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. somebody hits us with a $10 super chat, we're like, all right, we're off on well, the media. It's like, you guys are talking about anymore. camping in the woods again. All right, let's move on. Here's $5. Okay, move on from Berkey's survival skills 100 <laughs> super chat no no more for the week <laughs> oh, man. uh i will i will uh make one correction from yesterday that uh i made a mistake on i saw a graphic oh, i think that... you're gonna talk about the snake no. <laughs> <laughs> no i i i do agree that you're right now uh i didn't know that but yeah. th- we were having a totally different conversation <laughs> Uh, which is uh-huh. what's so nice. annoying. No, just stop right there. Stop uh, where you're yeah. at. I'm going to pull up the fucking clip from when it actually took place. Stop right there. Uh, shout out to Doug R. He says $10 for the slots. We'll, we'll make sure Landon gets it for whenever yeah. uh, nice. Thank he's, you. he's and doing he, his prop. And he'll, we'll make him film it for you, Doug. Right. Um, no, I, I saw a graphic uh, from the Hustler stream of what I thought was VPIP, but it was actually PFR. So the four people in single digits was it actually ended up being three it was israeli ron uh sashimi and and nick uh they just weren't raising preflop apparently they were doing a bunch of calling so the the uh v pips were actually substantially higher but you know there was still a pretty big disconnect uh between guys like wesley garrett um and andy versus like sashimi nick and israeli ron yeah uh and also like v pips not you know, we put a big emphasis on it because it's it's the number that people know the most. But PFR is pretty indicative of like what's taking place, yeah. right? So if your VPIP is two or three x your PFR, yeah, you're still in it, yes, <laughs> right? You're just hitting, but you're trying to hit bingo a little right. bit more. Yeah, uh, you're giving maybe some loose action through calls, 
but um but most likely if you're giving loose action through calls only you're probably going to be tight post swap too yes correct so that's you're not what, really so giving action i i did uh i kind of uh, busted double M's chops a little bit yesterday and said that like he can lean nitty. That's what I meant. He plays he plays hands. Like yeah. don't get me wrong, he's in there, but he's just very 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 tight post. Yeah, which is obviously reflective of you know buying in to cover the table usually. Um, shout out to my man Steezy. Hit us with a ten dollars super chat. He said moving to Vegas at an apartment complex on Twain and Arville. You don't want to be there. He said right down from Palms. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll tell you right now that's not the area. That you want to be, nope. uh, unless you're looking to purchase some ladies of the night walking the street. Uh, had to stay at a motel the first two weeks. Neighbor did it. Uh, oh, Uh-oh. by it did it. <laughs> I didn't know what it was referring to yeah. until I read the rest of the sentence. Uh, somehow off two stories, third day, welcome Ooh, to Vegas. Two stories. Yeah, you. that's it. That's Whatever. Ambitious. I don't want to get into the semantics of, of killing yourself. I mean, that's but like, ambitious. Yeah, you're gonna walk away from that one a lot. Yeah, uh, and, High and be of worse walk for away wear, hurt. or maybe not walk away but live. Yeah, which is even worse. Away. Uh, man, that reminds me. Uh, so crazy. Um, you know, we think about like just the random chance happenings in life, and uh, I, I bring this up with my nephew a lot because he very much, him and my sister both have very much adopted this mindset of like live fast, die young uh-huh. kind of thing. And for as long as I can remember, I've been preaching to both of them. Like, you, you're you not going to die. That's the problem. <laughs> That's like, the problem. Well, you're not going to die. I can, I can get behind the mindset if, uh, if, like... You're living a very dangerous life. Yeah, so. if you're living a dangerous life and you, yeah. and you do die young, like, yeah. taking an taking a, uh, absorbent risk on it. It's like, okay, like, that was your choice of how you wanted to live your life. But what I keep trying to tell them is, like, Humans are resilient. You're not going to fucking die. You're just going to suffer for a very long period of time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And my sister's already going through it. She's in her mid-30s. She can barely stand up. She can barely walk. Really? Like, her body is just beat to shit. What did she do to her she, body? Well, she had my nephew young and in the process, like, uh, had a problem with her hips and back. Okay. So she had, like, a small fracture of her lower lumbar and then mm. got bad medical advice, had it fused, and, like, that led to a whole host of problems as well. That fusion is no joke. Yeah, it fucked her up bad. It, yeah. was, it was the worst thing that they could have done, especially at that age. It was, like, 22 uh-huh. they did it for her. Uh, she's still growing. Right. But even that aside, for a long period of time, she just, like, wasn't in good health because she had a very fuck it mentality. She smoked, she drank, she did drugs of some sort, like, nothing hard, but, like, you know, mm. she, she experimented a lot. Yeah. And it was all this mindset of, like, Oh, whatever. I don't care if I'm dead at 40. It's like, yeah, I get it. But you're not going to be fucking dead at 40. You're just going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah, you're going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah, you're going to be miserable. And you're going to need to be taken care of. And that's kind of precisely what's happening. Uh, and my nephew is like a lot more straight edge. He doesn't really do a lot of the experimenting when it comes to substance and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he does stupid shit like driving 160 down the freeway on a bike. And to be fair, like you'll die if you wreck. So you like die. in that instance... You're right. You'll live fast and die young yes. in that one particular spot. But he's also 22. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's, yeah, and he'll just stop that's driving... That's not uncharacteristic. For right, him. he'll just stop driving like a maniac at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the other quote-unquote risks he take are just, like, so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And not the types that will lead to death, but, like, the type that might lead to 
paralysis or right. something fucking miserable where you're gonna learn a hard life lesson yeah. and be worse for wear afterwards. If you're gonna take the exorbitant risk, then at least do something that maybe you could get super rich. Right. Yeah. Do <laughs> yes, exactly. Take financial risk. Yeah. yeah financial exactly. risk. Yeah. Yeah. Use the live fast, it all die young. Into financial risk. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you're young. Yes. That that was how I treated life. Live fast, die young was my financial portfolio. Yeah. yeah. It's like by dying, I mean I'm gonna have to move back home right, and fucking yeah. live off welfare for and a little while. And then do it again. <laughs> right. Yeah. The rinse Until repeat. it works. And um, then but the reason good. why that popped in my head is there were a couple instances that that came to mind that are just such random acts of chance, and all or the, they become such life altering uh, events. Uh, the first being when I was in college, um, my roommate was friends with this high school soccer coach who was paralyzed. And, uh, you know, when getting the backstory of like how it happened, he kicked a game winning goal and dove headfirst into a, into a mud puddle and like hit the wrong angle Oh no! and fractured his fucking spine. and was just quadriplegic for the rest of life. Oh my God. It's just like how ridiculous. And like, I think about stuff like that. Like I dive into the shallow end of a pool all Mm -hmm. the time because you know, you really have to hit it at the wrong angle with your hands, not outstretched in order for anything bad to happen. But like. You start to think of like the Perkins mindset of like, okay, let me calculate my risk of this. If I own a motorcycle, I'm going to sustain injury X, Y percentage more often, mm-hmm. and Is I'm going to die. Is that what he says in his book? Stuff like that? Yeah, he, he talks a lot about like risk profiles. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he tweets about this kind of stuff as well. So it's just like, how much pleasure am I deriving compared to the risk of the worst case that I'm adding in? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when, whenever you're forced to start thinking um statistically like that you just pull some of the unnecessary risk off of the the table like Mm. personally like i'll just never skydive i know the risk of dying is low but i also know that like when there's failure you die yeah and then like the positive from it isn't really worth that yeah funny because i've always i've always wanted to like go skydiving but i just never did and the older i get the less i know i'm glad i I I have to do it like i went when i was 21 or 20 Mm -hmm. and i'm glad i did it then because like now i i'm just and then once in a while you'll hear like a story where you know somebody died or they didn't know or something happened you're like yeah why would i do that spiral funny the older i get the more i want to skydive that that, that also that but i'm just rooting for the shoot not to open because what i'm just rooting for the shoot not Come to open <laughs> Damn it, man. well like there's no nobility in killing yourself but, but like that's what you, you have know a backup if, shoot for well, i don't that want one that to not open either uh, I, <laughs> they I forgot that one <laughs> yeah they just you forgot cut it, it. <laughs> your tandem person's like dude I, what the fuck i, I, I want to die with honor you know i want, I want yeah, there to be a story you, you told a about me person connected to you so you're oh, yeah. killing well, yeah you know i want to imagine that i just like train myself up to going like solo and then suddenly pack my own shoot and just like well that was it yeah uh wait you don't have a shoot on i know (laughs) (laughs) i land in the top of the tree and just like break my legs like god damn it you ran so bad (laughs) this is how i find out that like i'm actually i'm actually uh i I run better than than average in life in all aspects you saying that made me think that i must run good because i fell straight onto my head with my body going the other way and my whole neck like was making huge noises and i was like i died <laughs> but i didn't i i just wait like, how far was the fall um probably six feet like from a horse oh you're oh, oh. so i slid off a horse's neck uh, off the front and then straight you were riding it like stopped and you went yeah flying and, forward. I, and then straight and then i like went straight fell straight onto my head 
with my body going the other that way. That is lucky. Were you young? Um, I was more 17. Mm. And yeah, I went to the hospital. I had a concussion. That's crazy. My, my helmet broke. Like it was shattered. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Yeah, but I didn't break a bone or anything. That's so. wild. That, that is lucky. I ran really good. Yeah. 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 But I, I heard the noise in my neck yeah, you and I was like, oh, would... I died. So that's cool. <laughs> like I'm dead right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've had moments. I've, I feel like I have, but then again, I my memory doesn't serve me where I don't know if it was like a dream I had uh -huh. or if it was actually like something I experienced where it's so traumatic in the exact moment that it's happening. You like have a conscious thought of, so this is death. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. had, I mean, that one wasn't, I wouldn't consider it like a near death experience because I was very conscious for the whole thing. But I have had one when I was like 10 and that, that was actually like full on near death experience where everything went white. And I was like, well, I guess I don't live the rest of my life anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it was just a very, like, matter-of-fact feeling of, like, okay, well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It was just done. Uh, like, do you remember when uh, we were in uh, Greg's car coming back from... I was asleep. Yeah, so we were... Uh, I think we had a trip to Vegas, right? Yeah. We, and we flew out of... Uh, when we were all living in Erie still. And went to Vegas, flew out of Cleveland... We were driving, we flew back, we were driving back from Cleveland to uh, Erie, and it was, you know, dead of winter, and we're in Greg's little Civic, and we just hit a patch of ice right on the expressway. I mean, we're going 65 miles an hour. Yeah. And the car, he just loses control of the car, and it just starts spinning. Oh, my God. Just, and, and it was just like, oh, God, like, this is it. Like, and somehow we, we just, like, spun down into the, like, embankment or whatever you want to call it like yeah the median, the median and, in yeah and and it was, it was just like a little bit Wait, of you a, were sleeping through right? this i was sleeping in the back seat i woke up maybe maybe by turn two oh. i mean we donutted it into the what a way to the, wake up uh, it was it was wild i like woke up and immediately grabbed the headrest of the seat in front of me because wow. i was in the back seat uh and yeah we we probably spun four or five times before just like yeah. ending up in the embankment there are other cars there around were, you Yes, and there were other cars that like hit the ice too, and were like oh like out of control. So somehow we didn't hit any cars. There was like, a, like um, a bridge, uh, whatever you call like it, an overpass. Yeah, yeah, an overpass, not that far ahead. So if it would have happened a little bit further down the road, we could have smashed into the side right. of that. And so it was uh, somehow we didn't hit anything. Yeah. We went down into the bank. We just did a couple donuts and stopped, and nothing happened. Wow, just like. It was, yeah. You know, that sometimes was, it's like you realize how lucky you are in an unlucky circumstance. Exactly, right. Yeah, it's like it's unlucky for this I to mean, happen, they, but you're I mean, they have me to thank. I'm pretty sure on that Vegas trip, I lost my entire bankroll. So <laughs> it was probably just, you know, the world balancing oh, things okay. out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, that I had was to nice sac of you to do Yeah, that. I had to yeah. sacrifice that 10K in order to make sure we lived on the way home. Yeah, that was nice <laughs> of you. Small price to pay. Uh, 10K for however many lives. Yeah. It's yeah. like a bargain. And uh, we had Brandon in the car, which is, he's notorious for being an accident. So it's like. I can't even imagine like the, the pent up trauma that he has having been through like two horrid, horrid, horrid car crashes. Car, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's our friend from college or whatever. And like, uh, was in just like two absolute destructive crashes. Um, one, he got hit by a drunk driver. The Ooh. other one. He either hydroplane during a rainstorm or uh -huh. hit ice during a snowstorm. Um, but, like, he got fucked up. Like, uh, you know, scars all over the place yeah. and, you know, totally damaged both or totaled both cars or whatever. It was like, yeah, <laughs> having him in the car would, would just seemingly signify that, like, we were, 
really up shit creek. <laughs> but luckily, uh, I was there. Yep. I was the, the angel on everyone's shoulder. Thanks, Sparky. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, man. Fun times. Fun you know, times. So buckle up, kids. Yeah. Wear a seatbelt. Um, two big things going on in the poker world that were announced today. Uh, first is that the high stakes duel is back on poker go it's gonna be august 22nd 8 p.m we're gonna see a rematch between scott siever and phil helmuth this is gonna be for eight hundred thousand dollars each i can't believe honestly like when brent told me about high stakes duel i guess it was probably close to two years ago now when they first launched it and he was telling me how the structure was gonna work and you know the stakes were going to continue to increase, yada, yada, yada. I was just like, no fucking way. It's a heads up, sit and go turbo. Yeah. With like way too much fucking money on the line where nobody's more than a two or 3% favorite. This thing's never going to get to like a million dollar match. It's just not. And now here we are. 1.6. 1.6 up for grabs. Uh, <clears throat> you know, we, th- this is a rematch. Um, I'll be interested to see how it works because if Helmuth wins, he can just quit and be rich. And that's a good place to be. It's already rich. Richer. Close to glory. Yeah, richer, I guess. Um, but he could also just stay and kind of like continue to free roll. And I think he gets to... Well, first, Scott would have the option to rematch. Wait, so would it double? Yeah. Yeah. So then. Chance it gets there. I mean, wait. Did it double from last time? Did it go from four to eight? It went from eight to sixteen. No, no, no. It's. I think it's one point six total. Yeah. So it's eight hundred each. Right. But was it four hundred before? Yeah, it was eight hundred total last time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So then the next match would be like one point six each, if they keep up with that structure. Not. No shot. That's not happening. I don't think so either. It's well, just like double or nothing until you... But the funny part is... So the funny part is, if they do continue with that structure, it's possible for it to keep happening. All that happens is that there becomes a broader market that's invested in the match. Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, Helmuth and Scott are almost certain to have the same amount of money at risk no matter how many times they play. Yeah. True. So the prize pool can continue to grow, and all that happens is more and more investors mm-hmm. are picking a side to bet on. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fascinating. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it actually, it actually kind of creates a market where yeah. instead of, uh, instead of them ponying up, you could just create a betting market where, but it's not as interesting to showcase to the, to the consumer, I guess. But like, say that they just want to play for hundred K each always. Yeah. And, uh, poker Girl wants to continually up the, the prize pool. They could just create a betting market where uh, you could buy into either side <laughs> until the prize pool creates, Gets you know, X amount. Yeah. yeah. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But I think the illusion that they're both ponying up 800K, even though that that's never the case, right. uh, is probably just like good for TV and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Seaver will, if Seaver loses, he'll have the option to rematch again, which I assume he'll always take, uh, especially because... I don't think he'll ever have difficulty raising more funds and he'll probably just keep his buy-in the same. Uh, you know, that's how tournaments work. Helmuth would have the option to quit, I believe. 
in which case it would just reset and go back to a 100k match. Um, if Seaver wins, I don't know how this works then. Helmuth would then have the option to rematch, I guess, in which case it would probably just double the stakes. But if Helmuth refuses, does it then reset to the 100k level? Or does it stay as is and the next challenger puts up 1.6? Because if so, that's shitty for Scott. Yeah. Because you have to win three matches before you can quit. Which means now... Oh, that's a good question. Right, like, so maybe Ivy's the next challenger and now Scott just has to play these giga high stakes <laughs> mm -hmm. versus someone who's not Phil Helmuth that like stinks. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just like... Yeah, it's just like Jason Kuhn's been chomping at the bit to get in the high stakes. Heads up arena. Oh, hey, Scott, guess what? Here's your next challenger. Yeah. You got him for three fucking matches. Yeah. If you want it, and you're going to have to play for <laughs> 5 million when it's all million. said and done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough because like two things happen. Uh, one, he's not allowed to leave the arena, but two, now it does become more difficult for him to crowdsource, right? Like if the next, if the next challenger is like, uh, I don't know who's, who's like a heads up crusher. K-Rab. Uh, yeah, sure. K-Rab. If K-Rab's the next crusher, it's not going to, and they have to play for 1.6 each. It's going to be a hell of a lot easier for K-Rab to sell than Scott. Yes. And it's like, well, then what does poker go do? Right. Right. So I, I would imagine that it probably resets. Um, because if I've learned anything about the way that they've structured this, the idea is that as the stakes rise, the competition stays the same or, or um, only increases slightly. Yeah. Right. Like you don't really want it. There's no incentive for somebody to get to like the 800K level or the 1.6 million dollar level and be taking on a new challenger that isn't some sort of giga whale. Right. Right. You would just want to leave the arena These are if at all possible. Questions we can ask uh, Mr. Brent Hanks. That's true. We will be joined Monday. Uh, I'm going to say this tentatively because Brent is very good at forgetting. Well, let's just, no, we, we'll make it true so he has yeah, to be here. Make right. it so then when he doesn't, if he does, we shame you know, him. forget, shame, then shame, everyone shame, in our chat shame. and we will shame him. Yes. yes. Okay. So everybody clip this part out starting now. <laughs> Monday, August uh, <laughs> eight. 8th. Monday, August 8th, Brent Hanks from Poker Goes, No Gamble, No Future, will be joining us here live in, in the studio, studio in right. the flesh to talk about all things, all poker things, go. all things, all really. things yeah. no, honestly, like we're going to talk very little Poker Go. Yeah. I've known Brent since 2004. Sure. Uh, we are just going probably to embarrass the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. Talk about all the nasty things that he's done behind the scenes that nobody Ooh. knows about. He once threw a hundred dollar bill in no, a fire. He's never coming on. Wow. <laughs> he threw a hundred dollar bill in a fire around two or three people that a hundred dollars meant the absolute world to. One of which dove into the fire. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't a bonfire. He he safely. What kind mm -hmm. of fire was it? Just you know, like we we're little, we we're out back. Little fire pit, you know. Little fire pit. Okay. He was that rich though. We we called him TMM Brent. Yeah. Too much money. Too much money. Too Brent. much money. Uh, yeah, he also once ordered a two thousand dollars sound system off of eBay and never picked it up from the he post was just office. Crushing? Oh yeah, he he was mashing online poker pre Black Friday. Um, he was also a risk taker. We'll we'll get into it on Monday. You yeah. guys will all hear it after you put that clip out and shame the shit out of him into showing up. <laughs> um, Jeff Platt's also going to come on at another time. He's in Florida right well, now, so we want to be able to get him. I am excited to ask him about how my Raya application is going. 
kidding i haven't applied but look i have a lot to ask brent or uh to ask jeff i want to know how he got his blue check mark i want to know right. how he got onto raya yeah how I did he know... do all this stuff he must know someone yeah yeah so i mean it's all about networking yeah we gotta find out who he knows and then we need mm -hmm. to get to know that person yeah this yeah. fucking guy just like comes in on the scene and is somehow bigger than everybody yeah it's larger than life he is who the fuck appointed this guy <laughs> the head of poker whoever he knows please stand up for me please. i mean i'm trying to get on raya i'll take a trip to la i'll match with you know bradley cooper sure <laughs> you're gonna get on that uh on that um location on demand type of dating what's that mean well where you don't you don't you know date locally uh -huh. you curate dates all across the country oh, and you have okay. them fly you in wine oh, you and I didn't dine know that you was an option. oh yeah this is the thing this is a thing Where's this is how you recruit wow, a husband i didn't know that was an option yeah well, the, you know you really put them through the ringer of uh putting in the effort yeah and then you forget to actually vet them because you're so uh you're so bedazzled um, yeah swept up by yeah. by the effort that they, they put in love bombing yeah you're swooning if you will I will not be love bombed. So if you match with uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, and Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling, which one Ryan. do you choose? Ryan? Aren't they both married? No, mm -hmm. I don't think so. In your mind, they're not. Right. I think. <laughs> Ryan Would you be a part of a thruple with either one of them? <laughs> um. Yeah, because their girlfriend's probably really hot. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, snap. Sure. <laughs> snap call. Sure. I'm in. What if, right, so what if they're Ryan really Gosling, hot? If you're listening, <laughs> what, if, what if their girlfriend's really hot but also like really annoying? Annoying, okay. If she's mean, maybe. Would no. you be a part of the thruple and then try to gaslight your way into a couple? I I'm afraid that it might be what would happen, whether mm. I intend for it to happen right. or not. Right, right. This is your toxic trait. Yes, I just <laughs> tend to be a little competitive. Right. With my man. <laughs> it's those high T levels. Really yeah. gets the juices flowing for uh, you. So, but I don't know. I would try to make it work. Sure. But yeah, that might Because well, the prize is, you know. It's worth it. Bradley Gosling. Bradley Gosling. Yeah, I would be. I think would I'd you be, be in a thruple with Bradley Cooper oh, and Ryan Gosling? Of course. <laughs> is that even a question? Well, but are, do they have to do stuff? No, Are they doing no. stuff? I mean, no. Okay, then yes. But you have to entertain them both at the same time. Fine. <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> the male-male-female threesome's always, like, been so uh, off-putting in my head. Like, I feel like it's not... I think it's, it's probably off-putting for a lot of guys. But well, I would think it would be off-putting for women, too, uh -uh. even though I don't know why no, I No, because that. I have that... Like, I've dealt... I've been in a situation like this before and with a, another woman... And I get a little too, like, I don't know. I just, like, get a little too competitive. Like, it turns I, into a wrestling match I, where she's, like, throwing like the other girl off the guy. No, yeah, no, no. It's like I'm, Locks like, in the bathroom. trying to, like, outdo the other. It's just, like, too much. Right. I, I, it's very I performative. Yeah, I can't do that. It's, yeah. I will so. say in a Devil's Three Way, I doubt that would be the case with, like, two dudes and a girl. Yeah, there would be well, no I would try and, like show up the guy if he was hooking up with the other guy <laughs> <laughs> sure sure get off of him 
I'm right here. Hello. <laughs> oh man, our tangents. Uh, bigger news, or I guess the the main piece of news today. Uh, WSOP. They heard you, pads. They were they listening. Did. They said, you want a fall series? I have a fall series for you. It won't be live, but it will be global. WSOP Online announced that between August 14th and September 27th, they'll be running 33 bracelet events on GG Poker. Uh, Simultaneously, between September 11th and I believe October 16th, WSOP.com in the States will also be running online bracelet events. Uh, So... We have between the two, well, really between the five, because Michigan and Pennsylvania are segregated, uh, so they'll also be running bracelet events simultaneously. Like eight events or something, eight bracelet events. Eighty. Those two? Oh, eight. Eight. Eight for them. Eight yeah. For the, uh, um, but but total, I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like seventy bracelet events all toll. Um, that's a lot. Wait, seventy? No. Between the four sites, ggwsop.com. Nevada, New Jersey, WSOP.com, PA, WSOP.com, Michigan. Might be time for a little tri-state area trip. Well, you're not going to want to leave Nevada to go to PA or Michigan unless you just want to play small, softer fields. Bracelet hunting. Oh, because it's, like it's going to be all at the same time. It's all at the same time. Oh, okay. yeah. How many do you think Corey will win? Three, four? I, I'll probably <laughs> see this. I, I, will take, I will set the line at bracelet final tables for Corgasm at three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a good line. Especially if he's in Michigan. Where the fields are smaller. I, and- I'm certain he will be in Michigan. He's there right mm-hmm. now, and he is fucking mopping up. Oh. He's just like playing 1020 every day online, just crushing. Who knew, man? This kid really became a quiet... He's the quietest crusher, too. He is. That's I the know. thing. He, like, we want to get him on the podcast. He just refuses to talk. Honestly, we could have him on as an ornament. <laughs> just like, sit him like, in the two-shot. Look at know? this shiny thing over yeah. here that just... Just prints money. Look at this beautiful bearded man who just never fucking loses yeah. and just wins. He has a beard. At, well, yeah, yeah, he is like he is. my beard. Yeah, scruff, stubble, scruff, yeah. scruff, if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. scruff, McGruff, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, six zero six five two. What just Like what the fuck? Isn't it wild? Just have an aneurysm. Stroking <laughs> <laughs> out over here. <laughs> You're stroking out. <laughs> Papa, please search Scruff McGruff the crime dog and show them the commercial that I'm referencing. Oh man! Uh, isn't it wild out. that I memorized that commercial? Yeah. And it has nothing to do. Like, why was a Chicago, Illinois crime watchdog on my national television as a know. child? Scruff, uh, McGruff, Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. 60652. <laughs> what the hell? Search it on YouTube. Yeah, that's good. You don't know, who you don't know Scruff McGruff? You not know Scruff McGruff? Why he's would the, I know what that is? He's the crime dog. Oh, my God. There were crime commercials for yeah. See if you can find the commercial, Guapo. It, it should be on YouTube. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Shout out to Jeremiah in the chat. He says, the more bracelets, the better. I will say that I am happy. Uh, so I, I think while while we're putting a pin I in the scrub, like McGraw. I actually was missing the online. I I love the online bracelet series. Should we all commit to streaming some? Yeah, yeah. I think I think down. maybe there we go. Here we go. Please. I mean, this looks like it's from the 1950s. Why would I know what this? Is? 
Hey, here's a shortcut. Not down there, Square. I don't think it's safe. Why are they Come moving on, so much? clear. I'm not taking a chance, Lance. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa. Hello, dog face. Come to give us your sneakers. Uh-oh. Trouble <laughs> again, Scruff. What are you going to do now? I what are you going to do now? <laughs> my new comic activity book, That's Poor Rudy. Adventures with Scruff. You'll find out what you can do about bullies, drugs, and guns. Can I be again? You'll see. They should bring this back. Oh, yeah, for sure. This shaped my childhood. Comic activity book, right? Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, Illinois. 60652. I fucking nailed it. How did I never get that book? Yeah. I knew the jingle. How did I never send the mail? You had to send the letter. To Scruff, McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. He's stroking out again. And they, <laughs> He's stroking out again. <laughs> and they sent you that pamphlet yeah. in the mail. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I never did it. I should have yeah, that pamphlet. It's you don't have the pamphlet. Do you think if we sent that letter right now, we, we yes. would get it? No, that would end up... God knows what that would I think you we should send it. You should send it. I think I we mean, should send it. Follow your dreams. I'm going to text my assistant and say, hey, I need you to pen a letter... <laughs> I need you to pen a letter. Scruff McGruff. <laughs> care like, of. Can you please? Yeah, care of. Scruff McGruff. You have to do it in the voice, though, to her. Chicago, Illinois, 60652. <laughs> 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 so this was a TV show? No, no, no. This was just Somehow a commercial. It was a commercial. Somehow Smokey the Bear is going to end Only up with you the... can prevent He's going to end up with fire. the letter. That always scared yeah. me, that one. And so you know, you know okay, Smokey so you know Smokey. So yeah, they're on the same only level. Only you can prevent it. But right. whenever it would come up on the TV, oh, I would have to quickly change the channel because I was like, oh my God, he's so scary. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it was so scary. Like, only you can prevent wildfires. Yeah. And only I'm like, you. I don't know. He just seemed so creepy I, I had an I had an aspect about me as, as a kid that I hated, like, really... I didn't hate. It made me uncomfortable to, uh, you, you know, like the, the, <laughs> you know, like the, the father figure type that was just like overbearing and yelled a lot, like the, the little league dad. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. So my dad, uh, talking about my dad. Yes. Yes. In that <laughs> regard. Uh, but my dad was like very abusive to my mom, but like never hit my sister. Or I, he just yelled a lot. And yeah. like that yelling just like, would lock me up, right? For sure. So it carried over into other, like, male figures. I'll never forget this. I was 16 at the gym, and there was this guy, Eugene, that, that always lifted down there. Mm. Uh, he used to run track, and now he was a part of the football team. He might have been a coach or something like that. And he, like, worked out with all the kids, trying to get them stronger, teaching them what to do, yada, yada. But he was a fucking clown. This guy <laughs> did nothing but fuck off in the gym 99% of the time. And one day, just one single day... He was filming the reps of, of the guys that he was working with and decided that that specific moment was going to be the time that everybody had to take the gym seriously. And of course, I was fucking off and did something or said something like they were squatting and I made a farting noise or something like that. And he like got nose to nose in my face and I crumbled. Like <laughs> it shut me down to a degree where I was just like, I, I literally wanted to cry. I know. And the Smokey the Bear commercial reminds me of that. <laughs> like really? he, he's, he's this overbearing, like only you can prevent forest fires. Like, like, fuck you guy. I, it made me feel like he was gonna start a fire in my room. <laughs> like he, he was, it was so threatening sounding. Right. I hate it. But my mom had, you know, I think I got it from my mom being afraid of certain jingles. Cause she had it with the empire commercial the 800 
300 empire today uh-huh. you know that one? but but she but for her it was when they said today the commercial yeah and she's like as soon as she heard that coming on she, oh my gosh turn it off turn it off because she hated when he said today like today. she she was like so afraid of it it's like a random thing to be afraid <laughs> so, of and i so i i would like she turn it off turn it off and then i would go like today and she, stop it <laughs> she's like so afraid uh, of that one word oh man I, I i don't know why i remember this uh i must have been three maybe four four at at the oldest and there was like one of these after school commercials on there that was talking about weed and it ended it with you in a grave and uh like a tombstone and and the grave like if you smoked weed you would die kind of thing and it mm-hmm. just said like rip so and so uh and gave like a date got too high and you know we watch these commercials all the time during daytime tv like whatever the fuck my mom was watching like G- sally jesse Raphael or whatever and this commercial would come on a lot and i was just learning how to read uh-huh. Uh, so I was probably, yeah, I had to be like two or three years old. Um, I was literally just learning how to, how to read. read it two or three. Uh, I was pretty young when I first started to tell time and this read. Guy, reading it. I mean, two, yeah, come he's on. Two, I, I was for sure younger yeah, than program. four because that's when my parents got divorced and they were still together. Uh, so I yeah, read somewhere... at six months old. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a subtle flex. I don't know what a common age to read is. <laughs> I've probably literally like no clue. Five or six when you start going yeah. to school. No Probably way. Yeah. What are you talking about? Of course. They don't teach you how to read in first grade? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. You have reading class, but like you're already comprehensive enough to like be able to look at a pamphlet with three words on it and pronounce them. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah, like five. Okay, preschool was... Uh, I started going to preschool when I was three. Yeah. Um, anyway, so somewhere between two and four. And this commercial pops up and the, the tombstone comes up. Well, man just has this look on his face like, fuck you, I didn't learn how to read till I was seven. I still don't know how to read. <laughs> Conrad, Conrad and I are go hooked on phonics over here. <laughs> hooked on phonics, worked for me. Uh, uh, this commercial would pop up and at the end, this tombstone would come up and it would say RIP so-and-so or whatever. And obviously I couldn't read the name or, or that anything thereafter, but the three letters I could read. And for whatever reason, I didn't pronounce it as rip. I said rape. And my mom lost it. She's like, what? What did you say? I go, rape. And she's like, what are you? Did, did that happen? Did somebody touch you? Who oh touched God. you? What's going on? And it's like, she's just like losing her mind with all this trauma. And I'm just like, I, I'm just reading what's on the fucking TV. <laughs> she's like, it's rip. It's rip. Okay. That's an I. R-I-P rip. I'm like, uh. okay, it's rip. <laughs> That memory like sticks out of my head. I have that too when so I was vividly. singing Rape Me by Nirvana. Oh, sure. Sure. Don't sing that. <laughs> Can I sing that? But of course, then that would make me sing it more. Right. Yeah. So that I'm just screaming around the house, Rape Me by Nirvana. And you Nirvana. had no idea what it meant, obviously. No. Right. You would think that the better way of handling that instead of saying like, don't say that is like, this is what that means. Yeah. Don't say that. I know, but it's like, maybe that's traumatizing to teach a child what yeah, rape you can, well, I don't yeah, think you need exactly. to get into the nuances of it I think it just like, means, like this is a a harmful what you, act what would you say like this is a very harmful act, act, act someone does to someone else yeah yeah but then your kid might think oh that means that if someone like pushes someone they're raping no them. no no so no. then at school someone pushes someone and goes you're raping him. yeah <laughs> this is like 
Well, they'll learn, they'll learn other lessons <laughs> that the, way. Then no, the teacher will tell them. I, I would say that this is like a harmful act uh, akin, well, I don't want to say akin to murder, but like I would, I would try to emphasize that it's at that level of seriousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they okay, just, yeah. so that they stop using yeah, the word. Yeah, that seems good. Um, Instead, <laughs> it just gets this, oh my gosh, don't say that. And then you're like, well, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> it's like the first time you swear. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch. Like, don't you dare. I'll wash your mouth out with syrup. Yeah. Okay, bitch. bitch you know bitch, what? Bitch, my, bitch. my family had such a like reaction to the, me cursing that it made me embarrassed that I didn't do it. Because they were like, oh, it's so cute. She's Same. like trying to be like Same. us. And then I was like, oh my God, like that's so rude. So then I just like wouldn't do it. I, I didn't swear in front of an adult until I was in my 30s. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother died without ever hearing me swear, I think. Uh, like I, I just... When I was young, it was it was my mom like made a joke of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I'm not here. I'm not your fucking yeah, clown." Yeah, exactly. I, I would curse so hard in my head uh-huh. and behind closed doors, but like in front of her, like, no, I'm not giving you this. Because they would laugh and they'd be so cute. Yeah, like, and like they try to you. pry it out of you, I'm and being I'm just serious. like, <laughs> like you you sound like you're talking to me, talking to a dog, trying to get the dog to do something. Right. I, I'm out on this. Right. I'm not doing it. And then that like carried over to as I realized what a train wreck my mom was. Uh, when I was in front of other adults, I always felt like I had to be on my best behavior times 10 because they knew that I came from her. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like, please don't shun me because of things that my mother has done. So I'll just always be like overly polite. Overly, My P's and Q's were just like spot on through high school. And then like, you know, as I got to sports in college and stuff like that, it's like, well, I'm never going to swear to coach. Uh, you just can't do that. No. And like, so like most of the adults you're surrounded by are coaches and professors. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to swear in front of them. Finally, it took me like getting a podcast in my thirties to just be like, <laughs> Hey, I'm the adult now. I could say what I want. Yeah. And this is, this is actually, I wish I could go back to not Now swearing. you just have a foul, foul mouth. Yeah. It's unnecessary too. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I wish I was a little bit more thoughtful about it. So that I it's could, more uh, meaningful, you know, if you use if you don't use for it a while, I was very intentional about it. Like I would just be like, okay, there's a big comedic get here by utilizing a curse word properly in this sentence, uh. or there's a big like uh, attention grabbing moment if I emphasize it with never fuck. broken it down to this degree. Uh, I thought a lot about it wow. because I think like the way that you curse or um like how you present yourself uh, in, in the way that you speak uh-huh. is going to very clearly define you to people who don't know you very well. Yeah. So like when I go back to like that idea of three layers of like, this is how I present um, just physically. When you look at me, this is how I present when I open my mouth. And this is how I present uh, to people who really know me. I was very critical of that middle level of like, this is, uh, like, I want to be thought of as, uh, or I want to be reflective of what my intellect is whenever I speak. Mm. So I want to be very mindful of how I speak and the words that I choose. And I don't want to just, like, you know, be know. the guy I am in the this locker room. You know, it's it's like uh, it's like PG-13 movies. Kind of, yeah. Right? So it's like you get one F word in a PG-13 movie. Right. And so, like, they got to use it the most dramatic way. Right, exactly. The, the, the best part of, like... Get that one shot. So. Yeah, I, I was I was just being very cognizant of like I don't want to be the guy that I am in the locker room because the guys in the locker room I share a certain bond with and they get to know yeah. me. Uh, I, I have a certain level of freedom around them mm-hmm. where they'll give me a pass uh, for speaking out of turn or speaking loosely or whatever. And honestly, I should get back to it because in my head when we started the podcast, it was 
it was uh, kind of like leading a little bit more with that persona, right? Like, yeah. okay, here's the stripped down version. I'm not going to be super mindful of choosing my words. Yeah. And I'm going to talk out of pocket a little bit because you guys as my audience are going to give me the freedom to do so. Yeah. But the more I do it, the more I realize like that freedom doesn't fucking exist. And it's like, you have to be really mindful of the way that you talk. And uh, like, even, even yesterday, uh, you know, we kind of broke down the whole hustler situation and I thought we were like pretty fair about it, but I, I used a like I was anecdotal in some instances. Yeah. Uh, I, I used a little hyperbole, like exaggerated a couple points and things like that. And Ryan sent me like, a, a novel review this mm-hmm. morning yeah like hyperbole and sarcasm just don't tend to well they don't translate around people that don't know you well yeah mm-hmm. i guess that's true yeah and like, like, i just said i started reading it six months old and people thought i was serious correct right <laughs> uh and like you know ryan sends me this big long uh review of like basically our breakdown yesterday it was all very fair he was right like i like i said andy played the show once obviously i was exaggerating but maybe that wasn't that obvious he's like he actually played 20 times and uh you know the the people a bit of a discrepancy yeah and it was like (laughs) once 20 well sure but like whatever it's the point is like he's not uh, a friday regular yeah um you know you could get the the situation on there instead inside joke which is great um (laughs) those are always great for a big audience uh but you know he was basically going through like point by point and it's just like man we were just shooting the shit like i wasn't putting that much thought into anything outside of the actual uh thing that was revolving around the guarantee yeah which you know that that actual conversation was was relevant and important and that was where most of his feedback came from which was great uh gave me a lot more insight as to what was happening like you know him and nick are very invested in the hustler brand even if they are separate as as a live stream and well that i mean that part was more like because nick mess or added you or whatever to clarify that they had nothing to do with right. it and yeah, yeah. then so it's just sort of confusing like, yeah i guess that's the thing that doesn't translate well to the audience is when we go from running a bit to speaking relatively seriously on a topic yeah it's like well the hustler pulling their guarantee that's a serious topic and we're going to dig into like why this is fucking terrible for business and you know how they chose to handle it thereafter we're going to talk about the good the bad the ugly whatever and, you know, I think that we were reasonably fair and I would think that Ryan agrees and, and everything else. Have, the people who did right got their kudos. Uh, the actions that were poor to the community, like, got scrutinized, whatever. Um, but, you know, whenever we dive into the all-star stream of Hustler Live, like, this isn't a big deal. Like, nobody's ever reviewed an all-star game in a very serious, critical manner, yeah, right? It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah we're going to fucking... We're going to exaggerate some points. We're going to throw some shade here and there. We're going to, you know, uh, big up Wesley for saying poker is easy. And like, you <laughs> he know, he's been experiencing a lot of poker is not easy, mm. which is great. And he's, he's just as transparent about that too. I think Wesley's a fucking G. Yeah. Like he's everything that nobody wants to be, uh, under the microscope. And for him, it's just like, he's just kind of learning the ropes and being honest about it along the way with a lot of arrogance and a lot of humility. And I think that those things parallel pretty well together. Um, But yeah, I I mean, you know, bring this full circle to like being mindful of like the way that we present. Uh, Part of me wants to, well, part of me doesn't want to change a thing because this is easy. Showing up five days a week and having these conversations is so easy. But 
uh, I worry that bigger picture, it doesn't translate well to growth, yeah, to advertisements, to right. uh, to putting on uh, a value add show instead of an entertainment show. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if like when we're speaking seriously of something, it doesn't uh, it doesn't convey. Or I guess more specifically, when we're joking about something, it doesn't convey. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's probably more likely to be the other case that we're joking or not being that serious and people take it. Yeah, like if the pushback yesterday was that we should have taken monkeypox more seriously. Okay, fine. Yeah, Uh, I'll accept that. But, you know, I'll I'll agree to disagree, but I'll I'll be mindful of your criticism. But if the pushback is like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about with monkeypox. It's like, yeah obviously that was the bit like how is that not obvious that that's the bit yeah we're 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 continually you know making light of something that uh we clearly aren't very informed on right and that'll tend to always be the case for whatever is like hot in the news today tomorrow or the next day Mm -hmm. something comes out today we haven't you know we haven't become experts on none of us are we don't want to be experts on things none of us are you know infectious disease well, like that's um, that's the thing is we don't people, want to be experts no, on things, right? right? Like we this want to be able to, yeah. except for poker, right? Which is why you know we'll frame it around when important things happen in poker. That will be the serious chunk of the show, right? But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm kind of just like airing out uh, things that I've been thinking about structurally for the show on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it's something that like we need to be considerate of, yeah, uh, especially with how diverse having six voices at a time are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I noticed it the most, like I think with the Espen show where it's like, it's very clear that we all know each other well enough that we're having banter back and forth. But I think a lot of that translated to the audience of like, Oh, this guy is an idiot about this thing. Or uh, her, her response there is such an asshole take yeah. or, or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's definitely getting lost yeah. on the audience that like, we're all just having a good time with each other. Right. And you get to kind of peer in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of a weird thing. I think some, maybe there is a tendency for some people to place too much authority in our voices when it's like this is a clearly an entertainment show. We're not. Um, I think it happens specifically to me a lot. I think yeah. that people think that every take I have, I believe to be like not just a hot take but like facts and truths it's like i don't know what about the way that i speak makes it come off so authoritative but like i don't believe in what i don't believe to 100 percent certainty in literally anything that i've ever said like i am not that hard-headed very certain i i have self-confidence yeah maybe in in like my framework of thinking and how I conclude things. And I have self-confidence in a lot of the things that I've learned throughout the years, but not unwavering. Yeah. If you show me somebody who knows more and they have uh, like, like me about snakes. Sure. (laughs) Sure. And honestly, like, uh, whatever i don't want to get into it (laughs) (laughs) if you had challenged it in the moment the way you did yesterday, I would have just deferred to you. But that wasn't what was happening. Like, we were running a bit. I was joking that your snake was going to eat you. And you were dismissing me through, like, facts. And it's like, well, I'm just going to keep running the bit. And now it's turned into this big thing of, like, you fucking idiot. You don't know that snakes grow. (laughs) 
Like, yes, I know. I well, get it. Now you know. Yes, now yes, you got me. I'm here okay. Educate, you know? you fucking got I'm here me. To educate. Christ. Uh, all right, let's wrap. Um, just a quick uh, reminder. I meant to bring it up earlier, and I. I deviated off of it but we sold uh, another seat today to the september academy so we have three seats remaining september 8th to the 11th uh this is poker out loud style so if you guys are interested what what we'll be presenting to you is uh day one and day three are full days of theory discussion we try to outline all of the basic principles of game theory it's not a memorization course it's not a how-to course it's much more of leaning into what we believe in at our core which is root cause analysis so really we spend two days basically defining why it is you do what you do at the table um, why you should be betting, why you should be check raising, why you should be opening these hands, but not these hands, etc. Uh, so it really is a top down approach from a very broad perspective of game theory principles. Uh, the actual gameplay itself, you'll be playing nine handed, uh, and we'll challenge you at every decision point to basically tell us in short order why you're about to do what it is that you do. So our job is to teach you that why your job is then to internalize that why and be able to communicate it to us in real time the actual gameplay footage will be recorded with a coach overseeing it interjecting his thoughts along the way you'll have that game footage forever to go back review run the sims on the spots see how close you got it in real time uh and i'll also probably start doing some on second thoughts with the academy footage uh I really think On Second Thoughts like one of our best products, so I would like to do some free stuff for YouTube, and that seems like a good place to uh, marry the two worlds together. So if you're interested in that, head to academy.solveforwide.io. Uh, three seats remaining. You can sign up at any time. We'll be back on Monday. As I mentioned, very special guest, Brent Hanks, will be in studio. He Hanks 11. Looking forward to it. Um, Brian and I leave next Wednesday. Tuesday. Oh, I leave Tuesday. Well, we'll have a Tuesday show. We're going to pre-record okay. Tuesday show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Special um, Tuesday show. Special Tuesday show. Special tu- oh, it's I have to special. pay the piper. Uh, so I'll be in full garb. Full makeup. I'm excited for it. I'm going to be a beautiful woman. I'm confident. You want, um, actually, he asked if you would like wigs and outfits too, or just the makeup? Not outfit. Uh, Maybe a wig? Yeah. I mean, bald is You're, beautiful. Are you open to a wig? We'll see what he has and... Look, I. This is on you. I lost the bet. Uh, lesson for the kids out there: don't lose prop bets. Um, it's it's bad. But also, whatever. Uh, you do your worst. Right. I'm not wearing the outfit. I no did not outfit. agree to the outfit. All right, no outfit. Uh, I'm not gonna go full drag. But, but wig maybe. Happy. I mean, if I look beautiful, bald, and made up, God way. bless. It's gonna be scary regardless. <laughs> I might be scarier without the wig. Scary to be you? I'm gonna have a whole host of new people in my DMs by the time Tuesday's <laughs> you will. over. Uh, I'm gonna look fucking good. I, I'm sure of that. Maybe you'll change like your dating app profile to <laughs> sure. to what you look like sure. that day. If that doesn't attract the the sexy girls in Las Vegas, I don't yeah. know what will. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with next week's show. Brian and I are out of town Friday through Sunday. So <laughs> you guys, it's just going to be me solo <laughs> talking to a camera for an hour and a half straight. That's a possibility. Uh, so I'm probably not going to leave until Tuesday night. So we'll, we should be able to re- pre-record a Wednesday show also, uh-huh. but you may have to cover Thursday and Friday. All right. Um, Conrad may be back. So that could be fun. <laughs> I suppose. Oh, man. 
The Melissa and Conrad show. I'll think show. about if I can, if there's anyone I can bring on. Yeah, that'd be great. Very good time, obviously, for, for guests. Uh, a great time for you to just be in the fucking hot seat for two days. See how it feels. Oh, yeah. Try to really navigate this. I mean, even just with three people, I'm getting way more criticism than with six. Oh, yeah. Because it's, you know, the yeah. spotlight's a little more, Bark. I'm like, oh, my God. Talking a lot's of... so rude. <laughs> like, oh, my God, my feelings are kind of hurt. Just kidding. Before you leave, maybe uh, <laughs> log out of your Twitter. Yeah, that's Computer. No. <laughs> that's a good friend right there. No. That is a good friend yeah. right there. You got him good ones. He doesn't, he we'll doesn't to, need I'll a whole weekend of torture. I'll go on your YouTube account and comment on like weird sure. stuff. Sure. Maybe it will just like, be on, uh, on some guy's mukbang. This is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you and Rudy can have a real deep dive. That would be great. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be real responsive. I'll do like my own little variety show by myself. I'm, I'm open to testing outfits. anything. I think we're at that point now where... It's clear we've solidified our audience. We're Maybe interested I'll do in growth. We'll a live hinge date on. <laughs> wow, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. Oh man, like that would be so honestly, funny. Honestly, if you match with somebody that you're genuinely interested in, and he agreed to that, yeah, he might be a fucking he might be keeper. The one. Yeah. Or he might be a psychopath. In any event, we'll get to watch it unfold live yeah, well, on the air. Yeah, and then the chat can let me know what they think. I'm so into this they, idea. They have my best interests, though. I, they next let me Friday, know when I'm wrong. They it. let me know when I'm right. They let me know when my outfit looks good. Yeah. So they'll let me know if my date uh, Listen, is if you good. want to do this next Friday, I, I think that this is the best idea that you've <laughs> ever had. If I find someone, I actually will. Okay. Perfect. Lock it in. Uh, we'll be back Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. We'll see. Uh, I will be in full makeup on Tuesday. So you guys have that to look forward to until then. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys at noon on Monday. Peace.